contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> I'm giving you a choice. I could put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We had a real chance with this. Everybody, welcome to John's Tech Tutorials. Today we are telling you about the best podcast system to get you fired. Let's get into it. Yeah, let me play the devil's advocate here. Out of the gate, I do recommend an SM7B. Many of your favorite podcasts have been fired from the job using this microphone. You can just dive in here, whether you're talking about some of your new theories on COVID-19, maybe some statistical data on different ethnic groups, a nice full sound. You want to make sure these talking points that will eventually leave you unemployed are recorded crisply and clearly. Now, I personally like to pair losing your job using an SM7B with a Zoom H6 recorder. Whether you're recording a murder podcast that divulges into freeform conversation, not okay for polite society. Now it's time to get into a flow state while you discuss some myths about the Confederacy. Or perhaps exploring some of the inconsistencies with the mainstream media narrative surrounding 9-11. Or depending on your race, maybe you want to use this bad boy to lose your job while touching on on some black Israelite theories and you want to make sure it's recorded properly. Press record, maybe call someone an F-bomb and end record. You'll now take out that memory card, thus sealing your fate of being unemployable. You know, remember, this is the beauty of podcasting. It really is the career to end all careers. If you're not ready to have your hobby turn into your full-time gig, that decision's made for you would take the stress off you, takes the stress off your loved ones. Now that you're losing your job with the SM7B and the Zoom H6, you do want a nice set of cans. You can pop these on and you'll be able to hear Hear yourself clearly as you're getting into some seemingly harmless sexually charged banter with your female producer. Or maybe embark upon some friendly debate on the age-old question of are women funny? Now keep in mind, wrong opinions on controversial subjects is not the only thing that can lead to your termination. So when you get in the zone and, for example, divulge details of your personal life, whether that be drug use, awkward sexual encounters, or even stories detailing your fireable behavior at your current workplace, you always want to make sure you have a setup that maximizes your ability to grow that podcast to a point where it can be used against you. You know, podcasting is about answering questions, like the question of whether you can have another job. You can't. All right, guys, this has been John's Tech Tutorials, and make sure to tune in next week where I teach you how to use Twitter to workshop jokes on controversial topics. I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. It's episode 82 of Behind the Schemes for January 31st, 2022, and I am Booberry Black Knight of the Mothman. And all the way from way the hell over here on the Breath Coast, where I don't, I don't never heard of Twitter, but I, I've, no, I've seen a building that's called the Twitter Building. It's massive. It has a giant eye on top, but I don't know what Twitter is. My name is Lavish. Did the like Twitter bird pluck the eye out of a corpse and fly it up there? It, it, I think it's like a, a pile of them. Like it, it's plucked out several of them, and it keeps. It's like a mosaic. Gross. <laughs>
<laughs> that's uh, oddly, oddly horrifying. Twitter is disco. Mastodon is punk. How you doing tonight? Yeah. Oh, I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Mr. Booberry? I can't complain. Can't complain. Doing well. It's another very Monday good. night. Time for a new behind the schemes as it goes. Moon days. And I'll tell you, man, Mercury has been in retrograde and the, the moon has been on the wane. And things have been funky around these parts. I don't know if you felt it, but I felt it. It was like, man, I just been so busy that I don't, I just don't have the time to feel the funk. So I'll have to <laughs> take it. Uh, I'll have to take it off of everybody else's cues. Well, that's part of it. Everybody's busy. We were real busy. Yep. But we, uh, we'd like to take a little time every Monday's night to get uh, behind the schemes, as it were, because there are a lot of schemes to get behind these days. Yep. It's an ever, uh, ever churning cycle. There'll be really busy periods, and then we'll have some downtime, and then even busier periods. Mm hmm. Kind of like our tarot card for tonight, which the tarotx.net is down for tonight, unfortunately. So the uh, this page comes from the labyrinthos.co and it's my uh, favorite online resource for the tarot cards nice the uh we're still drawn from the line strider deck tonight and tonight's card was the ten of wands which is mm. uh seems to be a small framed figure with pink hair carrying a um well that technically is that a bundle or a faggot of sticks well depends on what decade you're living in mm. Well, there is but, a there's uh, a series the of sticks, <laughs> a series of sticks tied to their back. Quite the bundle, as they say. <laughs> yeah, uh, ca- carrying a heavy burden of wood, uh, ten wands, and the wands are the wands for me kind of represent mo- uh, motivation or willpower or um, inspiration, creative flow. Yeah, and the ten. Is kind of an overload card. It's it's the highest, of course, value in the pip cards, but it's it can often mean excess, and in this sense, it definitely does. It means like an over an overburdening or a burnout. Yeah, numerologically speaking, it's uh it's the first card that repeats or first number that repeats in on itself when you break the number down because you go from nine to ten, you take that one and you add it to a zero and you get one again. Like the cycle completes. We have some keywords from Labyrinthos: uh, burden, responsibility, duty, stress, obligation, burning out, and struggles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my! And then the reverse of that is even like you you'd think that that's negative, and you're like, oh, the the reverse must be positive, but it's not really the case. The reverse says failure to delegate. Shouldering too much responsibility, collapse or breakdown. <laughs> like the it's like the captain not captaining the ship. Yeah, like you're 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 struggling, but at the same time you can't handle the struggle. At least when it's upright, you're handling it. <laughs> it's in the yes. This image on the Ten of Wands indicates a person who has already struggled in life and has succeeded, and he is now carrying the harvest to his final destination. Although he is not near the destination, it shows that he has finished the hardest part of life struggle, and he just needs a place to relax and revel in his successes or her her successes. Mm-hmm. Back to the one, as the, as you said. Back into the one. 
back. Into the one. <laughs> into the one. To the one. And that's what James Brown, Brassy Knoll said. On the one. And on the one. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Very cool. If you I like the 10, I'd like the hero's journey. We got to do our hero's journey episode one of these days. Please I know continue. we got to meet outside of, uh, outside of the show and, uh, get some advanced planning, get some, uh, big topics for shows, get some people lined up to come on and guests. It's been a while since we had, uh, had anyone on. Other than having fantastic Carolyn Blaney on the other evening after hours, it wasn't recorded, but. Oh, this is true. Yes, for a little bit of a uh, uh, Saturday night shenanigans. Yeah, so you got to get in on the chat, and you, you never know when people will be going on all the time. No doubt. But yeah, you're right. We do need to. Uh, we do need to get some more interesting folks on on the show, and have them get behind their schemes. Mm, no doubt. This is a value for value production. Uh, we'll we'll still continue on. I think to have our uh, thanking of the freaks of hazards segment after intermission. That seems like it's a fun spot. I think that's totally fair. Cool. Uh, I, but I think that it's totally fair also to say that this is a value for value production, and that uh, we don't have any corporate sponsors. We don't have any ads whatsoever. If you're hearing an ad at any point during the show. It's not us that put it in there. It's whatever streaming service that you're listening to it on. Get a new so one. If you're listening to an ad, get a new one. <laughs> get a new one. We'll, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. A podcasting 2.0 compatible app that you should get. But this is value for value, which means that we get to talk about whatever we want. We don't have to uh, stifle the conversation. Because a lot of the time when you have advertisers, that is the case. Uh, whether it's winning or not. And a lot of the time, it is more winning than people would <laughs> hope to admit. But it's a, it's, it's a very, very controlled environment these days. In the news, the news is not what it was 60 years ago or 50 years ago or 20 years ago. It's, it's changed. It's corporate. No doubt. You know I mean? <laughs> Actually, I... Uh... I might have beyond. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Abel Curry is the public radio now. We are the public radio now, goddammit. We are the public radio now. I even had the hindsight to make myself a new value-for-value jingle board. Boost me, bitch. Boost me! Oh, yes, boost me! Hey, baby, your daddy let you boost? Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore, and uh, end of story. Told you who was behind the schemes, but you'll never know who's behind the screens. Call our creep phone now and leave a screen mail. We'll play it on the show. 612263 That's 612263799. Gotta have those sexy numbers in there. That telephone number is 612-263-7999. And I suppose we should uh, should go ahead and listen to the first one that we got loaded up for tonight. Mm, I'd love to. 
I think some people want life to be easy, you know? A lot. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that a lot of people do. But, uh, like, I don't know. I just, I want to be, like, real fucking hard, you know? Like, don't you, don't you want life to be just so fucking, oh, my God, it's so hard! <laughs> I don't mm. want anything soft and flaccid in my life. Yes. I couldn't agree more, Caller. Thank you, Caller. That is that is a, a correct way to approach life. Not because you are easy, but because you are hard. <laughs> Ooh, I think we have a wiener. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for your courage, Caller. Yes, please, thank you. If, you. if you get hard again, please scream into our line again at any time at 612-263-7999. We appreciate it. Yes, and if you have an erection lasting longer than your life, I'd say you win. Are you winning yet, son? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he should have played chicken with this motherfucker. Oh, I should have said, uh, yeah, uh, before we played all those jingles, head over to newpodcastingapps.com and you can check out one of them fancy new fangled podcasting 2.0 compliance apps that'll show you all these sick ass chapters the transcripts the streaming sets the funding tags the splits the tricks and everything else in in between the, blips, the, blips, and the splits and the beeps the beep, and the screeps oh and congratulations to hog story for getting noted up they had all sorts of boost coming in uh throughout yes, the night indeed. that's right hog story finally has uh is riding the lightning i'm good for them no doubt. It's a good time all around. Uh, I was already working on uh, Cersor's seat sitter today, so uh, I'm going to try and get him hooked up on to satoshi.satoshi's.stream, and uh, we'll really be cooking there. Oh, man. We're all going to be electric. We're all going to be living in the future with our fake money. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> fake money, real problems. That's right. Uh, you about ready for a die roll then? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Are you uh, are you challenging me? Uh, are you challenging me to do a dice roll? I'm challenging you, but I'm gonna let you pick the weapon. Ooh, I like that. Um, okay. For this one, we're going to use the twelve sided dice. Copy. All right, and whoever rolls the lowest. Goes first. Sounds good on the count of three. All right. Three, two, one. Ooh. Fuck. Damn. <laughs> I take that's not a good sign. No, it isn't. I got a one. Ooh, damn. I got a ten. <laughs> you got a ten? We got a whole cycle right there. <laughs> uh, I feel like I've gone first. The last couple times. But that's okay. We'll keep it in the groove. This is what fate wants. This is what Provident wants. Fine. I'll give it to them. In that regards, then. Uh, quick, just wanted to shout out uh, Sir Spencer, Gwiff the King of Kent, and Sir Sir Seat Sitter. We did a live episode of Misinformed Nation this past Sunday after the Sunday edition of No Agenda. And it was hella fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fresh after no agenda Sunday, a cool slot to be at, and you guys, uh, you guys crushed it. For what I listened to, it sounded like you guys are having a, lot, a good time. 
It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I think it was one of the tightest episodes we've done yet. We were doing the uh, clip bucket submission, so we were having people uh, email or producers email in clips of shows that they had been listening to, and then mm-hmm. we had a real good time hanging out and listening to them and uh, providing additional thoughts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was hot. Check it out, Misinformed Nation with. The it was quite the cast. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I believe Adam Curry, while announcing it, called you guys the live aids or the live aid <laughs> of the no agenda of, stream. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish that I wish he hadn't started playing the uh, the music in the background so I could go back and clip that for the ages. <laughs> it's uh, it's not in there. It's, it's not uh, part of the show. No, I mean it's uh it was recorded, but he's got that play out music in the background. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. Well Sir Spencer's what? got me wondering, did you say the lowest goes first or I did say the lowest goes first. Oh. Then how did I end up going first? You you're not, I'm going first. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't even uh, know what just happened. <laughs> I was disappointed because I was going first. That's why. But yeah, no, I'm going first. I rolled a critical one. Uh, yeah, fail on that. Okay. <laughs> I was just, yeah. just sitting here ready to <laughs> go to town. I'm sorry. I'll shut well, up now. Know, I'll shut up. I wouldn't have stopped you. You know, I love you. You'll just let you go. Uh, no, no. Um, I don't have too much, you know. it's. I got some fun stuff tonight, I think. Nice and easy, like a, like a nice soup. Minestrone soup. Um, You know what I mean? Slurpy, slurpy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was looking through videos, and I was looking at, of all things, the MSNBC main news page, and uh, I just kind of was going through, seeing like what are what are the topics they're talking about, and it turns out that it, within like twenty videos, there's really only five things that they're talking about today. And uh, can you guess what those five things are? Mm, Neil Young. Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, and Barry Manilow. <laughs> Barry Manilow. I wish they were talking about more. They need more <laughs> Barry Manilow. If they could, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a compromise here. I understand that the world isn't going to change overnight. But if you're going to just do all this shit, just give me a little more Barry Manilow. That's all I'm asking. Um. Or whoever. Find some good people, for the love of God. There's only five of them left. But anyway, the only five things that they're talking about right now are, you're right, this this Neil Young thing, which I didn't even really feel... I, I wanted to bring it up maybe briefly, but I feel like it's just so played out right. at this point that it's kind of just not worth talking about. Um, Neil who? <laughs> that, that goddamn... And I'm a, you know, I'm a fan. Like, my band covers Neil Young songs. I like Neil Young. Um, so my, but my opinion is, you know, this guy is, is asking for censorship and everybody's asking for censorship. Uh, I just think everybody's don't. desperately clawing for censorship. <laughs> they need desperately. It. They get them uh, censorship track marks at this point. Yeah. It's, I mean, people don't, I think, realize what, what they're doing. People don't realize what they're asking for. Um, 
you know, because they're just so caught up in the emotional weight of we're trying to do the right thing. And people really think that Joe Rogan going out there and talking about stuff is like killing people. You know, the people are dying because of Joe Rogan or something. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I just, the, I, for some reason, like everything that I'm going to talk about tonight kind of just has to do with weird cognitive dis- dissonance. And I'm trying to understand it. I'm just so desperately trying to understand it. Um, but the main things that the five things that MSNBC is talking about right now um, are Joe Rogan, Neil Young thing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're talking about uh, Trump and they're saying that he confessed to rigging the election that he lost to Biden, that that Biden probably stole. <laughs> They're going nuts about it. Um, they're also talking about Ukraine, and they're talking about. And I have a picture, by the way, in the in the notes. I literally screenshotted the uh, the page, so I'll I'll post it in the chat right now. I'm li- I literally just looked at the page. So what what are you guys talking about? Here we go. There it is. Um, they're talking about this situation with this guy the the jogger killers you know the the guy who got killed while he was jogging oh the arbery case ahmed arbery ahmed arbery exactly so they're totally talking about that they are just they're just excoriating these guys these guys are like the this is the two minute hate of the moment if anybody know, gets that 1984 reference you know people this is like fun. Everybody's all the woke people are out just like ripping on these guys. These guys are <laughs> going to be made an example of, which is weird compared to other killers who are not getting any attention right now. Um, and then they're talking about, Oh, you know, remember the Holocaust is in there and, uh, Oh, and the UK lockdowns are a serious failure. And everybody's talking about how Boris Johnson is just so terrible with all of this all of this uh all all these lockdowns all, all the way that he's going about it but meanwhile we're doing great by the way thanks for asking you know? <laughs> we're doing splendidly <laughs> <laughs> i'm so so happy with our situation so 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 sad for the uk and this is all they're talking about this is it um i uh i believe i might have boards oh well and I mean, I guess I can bring up the, uh, <laughs> just to get it out of the way. Cause I, I really don't like talking about Trump. He's so, he's such a plant out topic. Uh, but, uh, these, there's people that are like melting down right now over just some shit. That this guy said that really means nothing. And they're of course filling in words. They're using their imagination. Uh, ultimately, I guess you be the judge, uh, please play left wing meltdown one. Oh, uh, you take me by surprise. Oh, there sorry are a few political events for which I will always remember where I was, but I will always remember where I was and what I was doing when Donald Trump confessed to the whole plot, Tim Miller. Oh, my God. The whole plot. Do you know? Nicole. Did you know? Oh, my God. It's terrible, Nicole. This, I, I will always remember this day. This day will go down as the day of all days. <laughs> the oh day to end all days. <laughs> the day of days. I sorry. Could you play that one more time? Uh, I kind of stomped all over, but this girl's like almost trembling with like t- 
she's got tears in her eyes. There are few political events for which I will always remember where I was, but I will always remember where I was and what I was doing when Donald Trump confessed to the whole plot, Tim Miller. So, Nicole. What's he say there at the end? I don't know. Sounds like he said Stone Nicole. Stone Nicole. Well, if he confessed, didn't they arrest him then? Uh, He didn't confess. Please play the second clip. Sometimes it's one of those, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills moments. Uh, You know, why why aren't all the other shows beginning with this uh, admission, right? Why wasn't this banner front page news on the the front page of all of our national outlets this morning? It's, I think, what's so refreshing about the Kinzinger and Cheney comments, because they're saying what all of us see to be true with our, with our eyes, right? That this is absolutely insane, unconscionable, unprecedented. The former president of the United States admitted in a statement that he wanted to overturn a free and fair democratic election to keep himself in power, that he tried to do it, that there was a plot to do it, and that his only disappointment was that it didn't work. I, you know, this would have been unimaginable if you, you know, if we all gotten together, you know, eight years ago to discuss our, our worst case fears about the United States and the Republic. Like the idea that a president would admit that they tried to steal an election wouldn't have, it would have been so far down the long tail, it wouldn't have even crossed our minds. And yet he admits it yesterday. And it does seem like, with a few exceptions, uh, a lot of folks just are going on as uh, business as usual. Oh, no, the humanity. God, the humanity. Oh, my goodness. So let's break this down. And him listening to this, and I'm freaking out, man, because, oh, my God, Trump admitted to all this shit. He admitted to there's a plot. There's a there's there's all this, you know, uh, whatever's going on. I, all that shit that he listed out, There's a, there's a, there was a plan, and there were people involved, and he admitted to all this, and it's all on the record. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to find the speech. And then he breaks it down later. I like how he ends it with the... Uh, it's unconscionable that a president would actually admit to stealing an election. <laughs> Can you believe the nerve? Any president worth their salt booberry would never, <laughs> ever, would never, ever admit it. <laughs> would never dream to. <laughs> That's a real president. Don't you forget it. Okay, everybody. A real president never admits. Never. A real president hoists him out. <laughs> Hoists himself up by his bootstraps and shuts his fucking mouth. <laughs> a real president <laughs> looks you straight in the eye and then turns around and then doesn't look you in the eye and then walks away. A real president does not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> well, that's, that is actually incorrect and proven in a court of law, sir. So please, we're not going to say anything that might get us charged for libel. Um, yeah. Yeah, so what do you so I'm like, oh my god, what did he say? Turns out there's no speech. It's a written thing that he sent out through one of his PACs, his PACs. Uh, if you could play the third clip of the series here. Trump wrote, quote, if the vice president had absolutely no right to change the presidential election results in the Senate despite fraud and many other irregularities, how come the Democrats and rhino Republicans like wacky Susan Collins are desperately trying to pass legislation that will not allow the vice president to change the results of the election? Actually, what they are saying is that Mike Pence did have the right to change the outcome 
and they now want to take that right away. Unfortunately, he <laughs> didn't exercise that power. He could have overturned the election. Mike, Yikes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's really. the quiet part out loud. Yikes. Well, why didn't they just do Yikes. that January 6th? I don't understand. I... They should, I, hey, I've been saying, it, you know, like, hey, what's the big deal? Hey, <laughs> you know, so this is the, oh, wow. So that's literally quote what he said. And I wrote it down and I'll repeat it to you. And by the way, I love how she reads Trump's words. Like she's writing the words uh, that were written by a five-year-old child. Actually, what people are saying is that Mike Pence, anyway, that what he actually said was, actually, what people are saying is that Mike Pence did have the right to change the outcome, and they now want to take that right away. Unfortunately, he didn't exercise that power. He could have overturned the election. That's it. That's the quote. There's no anything else about a plot or about an order. He doesn't give an order. He doesn't say, I told him to overturn the election. He says he could have, but he didn't. <laughs> And that's it. Uh, and these guys just film, like they said, the, the quiet part out loud, which is their way of saying, we're going to make shit up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where it writes itself. Oh, my God. I can't believe what he didn't say. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's just indicative of this weird. Like, I, I don't know. It's it, To me, man, it's like terrifying. It's like it's like a terrifying obsession that just isn't helping anyone or anything with anything. It's it's just so unhealthy and it's so indicative of like a weird I don't know. It it's so hard to describe. It's like it's part abuse, it's part uh magic, like spell binding like we talked about. It's 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 all of the above. It's kind of like so fucking bizarre. Kind of like stalking your high school sweetheart eight years after you graduate because you just can't let go. Yeah. And and using like this bad breakup that you had in high school for the rest of your life as a reason to treat people like shit for the rest of your life. This is your personality is like, I, I, you know, I think I got a raw deal one time and that's it. I'll never be a good person ever again. I'll never have a rational thought ever again. I'm just going to fucking hyper-focus on this, like, one thing forever. And and just not fucking just, like, acknowledge that there's other shit going on. Ugh, I don't know. It, it's, it's very bizarre. And the whole... Just everything they talk about is always pandering. It's always... It's always backed by... If it isn't literally sponsored with, like, a native ad type of thing which all of these Ukraine things basically are. They're all Lockheed Martin and Raytheon and uh, Northrop, uh, you know, brought to you by Raytheon, man. It's, <laughs> they literally buy commercials. The military comes in and buys commercials and it's like, oh, the Ukraine's fucking with us. I mean, how fucking terrifying is that? Ugh. Ugh. But. Yeah. How, how cool yeah. would it be if we had a Lockheed and Martin sponsorship? Oh. <laughs> That would be cool. That would be really cool. And then we could uh, get some of those, uh, you know, those F-15s they've been talking about. No doubt. Some F-35s with giant vaccine dealing udders on the on the underside. 
Oh, yeah. The clown nose. Motherfucker, I can't mm. open this image of the MSNBC propaganda photo that you saved. Because every time I try and open it, it just shows me a blank image. I don't oh, understand. Uh, let me try and redo that link there for you. No, I, I see the link, but after I get it saved, it won't let me open it again. How bizarre. Huh. Yeah. I've had weird hiccups with my computer all day. I got into some weird stuff, and my, my FBI guy was like, all right, buddy. You can you can cool your jets, bud. Yeah. I can only take so much, man. <laughs> God, I need to get into the government so I can start making the money. That's where you make the money. My FBI guy works overtime to keep me out of a cell, and I really appreciate it. And And by that, I mean I don't actually do anything illegal. I just talk about weird stuff like, oh, I don't know. How about this uh, fun little conspiracy that I had never heard before? Okay. It was so bizarre. I I I I didn't really know how to approach it, but it was hilarious. All I knew is that it was hilarious. Have you ever seen Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, and his accuser Oh Lazy Ford in the same room? <laughs> no, I haven't. Neither have I. And I keep looking. No, no. Um, so the, there's this great. Okay. Well, anyway, it's I'm posting it in the chat. Just a little image. Of something. Um, so we'd like to talk about on this show here behind the schemes. Who Barry and myself love to talk about every now and again. Um, satanic rituals. And uh, we talk about uh, initiation rituals. You know, that's a really big part of the sort of fraternity style uh, structure that goes on with these very high echelon, uh, you know, levels of society. By the way, I saw a picture of Klaus Schwab wearing white lingerie from the Davos, from from the recent Davos thing. Did you see that? No. Oh, you got to look that one up, dude. That's a good one. Sounds straight up. It was so fucking bizarre. He looked like he worked at Spencer's or something. Not Sir Spencer's, but Spencer's at the mall. Which, by the way, now you have to send us money. We don't endorse them. We're going we're gonna to edit that out. Don't worry. We'll edit that out. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we don't endorse anything at the mall. Um, anyway, this, uh, this, this Kavanaugh situation I thought was pretty funny because the, the conspiracy is... That in order for him to become a Supreme Court justice, he had to dress up and pretend to be his own accuser and accuse himself in a court of law. And then, and, and you know, in like a satanic ritual style. Yep. And he's got to uh, air out all of his sexual deviant tendencies and. You know, let the let the world uh, take a gander at him. Oh, him and everyone else. He's the, and I mean this in the very literal sense. You know, he's the limp biscuit. He is the he's the donut in the middle of the pile. He's the pig head. Oh, wow! You understand? Uh, so that's you know, if you want to get the big job, you got to pay the big price, and that is the pattern that we see with success in general. Um, oftentimes, you know, 
in a metaphorical sense, it's true. You sacrifice things for success and for skill. But literally at the highest levels, like if you want to be, you know, one of the most powerful people in the land and the most powerful court in the land, well, you got to do some stuff. You want to be the prime minister of England? Well, you got to do some stuff. <laughs> Just the way it goes, hombre. I don't make the rules. <laughs> you want me to do what? <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. I'll just live in an apartment. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> appreciate it, though. Thanks for asking. Uh, oh, my God. Hooli Steed brings up Ghislaine Maxwell. <clears throat> I haven't thought about her in a couple of days. I had to check in with the chat, see how the chat's doing. We're not, we, there's no sponsorships, Tom. No, no, no sponsorships. Um, so anyway, obviously this is a, this is a totally ridiculous thing, uh, you know, but we have to compare. So we have clip one. Now clip one is, uh, is, is, uh, why am I blanking on her name? Her name is Ford, Blasey Ford. Christy, uh, Christina, Chris, uh, Christine, Blasey Ford, Blasey Ford, Blasey Ford. I can't believe it. I was looking at this name all day today. Christine Blasey Ford. Um, her background, she is from, they're both from the same town. The story is, is that they went to high school together. They both are from Bethesda, Maryland, on the East Coast, which is a very, very hidey tidy little part of New England um, in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., essentially. And uh, and the, the story goes that uh, he, he assaulted her at a party in high school, and then you know, did the devil's triangle with her? Yeah, some some naughty things. The devil's triangle. Ooh, even more reference in there. Yeah, you know? and hey, you know, I, what I, someone gets assaulted. You know, I'm not I'm not here to like, I'm not here to to shun anyone or call her a liar or anything like that. I'm not doing that. I'm not not by a long shot. But <laughs> no, you're just calling her Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> I'm just calling her Brett Kavanaugh. That's all I'm doing. That's what I'm saying. That's but that's it though. That's the bottom line. Okay, but we're just going through the motions here. We gotta we gotta do a little investi- investigatory work. <clears throat> Man, I'm stuttering like a motherfucker tonight. I'm like Obama. Okay, <sighs> you know, they both went to the same high school. Uh, he he did some bad stuff to her, and then you know later when they were 80 years old and he ran for Supreme Court justice, she decided that that was going to be when she's going to tell everybody, and. Um, you know, it's a free country. You can do whatever you want. This is her, uh, a little afterward, uh, ultimately he did end up on the Supreme Court because ultimately really there wasn't anything substantial. Um, I mean, according to the court of law, it's not me saying that. It's, he's he's there, so, you know. There's no, you, can't, you can't fucking argue, okay? You can't argue with me on that. Um, she got an award a little later from uh, ACLU, for being a bastion of free speech and all the stuff that they actually fucking fight against all the time. And, uh, of course, uh, they were introduced by none other than Mr. Hollywood himself. If you could please play clip one ACLU. Please welcome back to the Bill of Rights dinner a previous recipient of the ACLU's Bill of Rights Award, filmmaker Judd Apatow. Wow, that's just... What a what a powerful moment! I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh God, you know, Mister Hollywood comes out. You know, Mister uh, 
you know, James Franco's best friend comes out and he's chatted up. And guess what the first joke he makes is? Mm, is it a sexual assault joke? Oh, 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 clip two, please. Glad to be here. I'm a last minute replacement for Prince Andrew, who got busy. <laughs> Whoops. That ain't age well. No. <laughs> Are you sweating yet, son? <laughs> <laughs> so right away, we pull an Epstein card. Right away, Epstein's in the room. First thing this guy says, and Epstein's in the room. Wow. Can't, can't write it. Can't ask for more. I'm just here to witness it and to share it with you and to laugh. Um, but anyway, we actually have <clears throat> uh, Miss Ford who comes out. And this is where we can actually listen to her voice. And then what we're going to do is then we'll listen to Kavanaugh's voice and then we'll compare them. And this is uh, the ACLU 3? ACLU 3. It's really great when women step up for other women. And it's really great when men show up for women. Thank you, Judd. Thank you, everyone here. I'm not a lawyer, but I know the importance of the cases that the ACLU took on under his leadership defending John Scopes in the famous Tennessee monkey trial. Oh, Tennessee monkey trial. Preventing the ban of Ulysses by James Joyce. Banning books. And protecting the First Amendment rights again and again. First Amendment. Hey, man, I touched the monkey. Let's go look for it. It's not just survivors that we have to stand up for. Chuck the monkey. It's all of those who come forward to support our country. Support our country. It's not just about... It's not just about people who get assaulted. It's about coming forward for the country, for the good of the country. You come for everyone. Uh, oh, Booberry. <laughs> I'm actually scared. Good reason they call it communism. <laughs> <clears throat> well, <clears throat> but now they're here or there. Here or there. Uh,. Very, very, um, I don't know. Just, uh, uh, I don't know. It seems driven. It's just so agenda-y. That is, I uh, just, uh, uh. It is pretty agenda-y. Hmm. You remember when they broke into the, didn't they, uh, break into the Capitol during the proceedings? There was massive protests? Or the, I guess this would have been. Oh, yeah. Which building was it? Oh, let's we'll pull up a, a clip, a picture right now. Uh, Kavanaugh protest, DC, and they'll yeah, sure they stormed the Capitol. They were all there. Let's see. They pound the doors of the Supreme Court. <laughs> ah, the Supreme Court. Yes, I remember this. <clears throat> so they stormed the Supreme Court. Uh, and they're all there, screaming and shouting. And uh, all those kids aren't sitting in solitary confinement for the rest of their lives. <laughs> no. There's but, no rest for know, the wicked. You know, neither here nor there. I'm just, a, I'm just an observer. Uh, so we have listened to her voice. 
Now we'll listen to, well, actually I found, so I was listening to some of the, uh, the Kavanaugh hearing and I realized that Kamala, they showcased Kamala in this hearing, trying to bump her up. And I was just seeing what kind of stupid shit she was fucking talking about. Seeing if she actually had a cool, relevant question. Let me put it that way. I wanted to see if Kamala actually was going to rip into this guy and show me some of her, like, you know, law savvy see if she was going to do her her thing. And what did she ask the whole time? Please play clip four. Did anything happen? No. I've never sexually assaulted anyone. Not in high school. Not ever. That's his his voice. That's the right one. Did I send you the... Uh, so it wasn't, it's not labeled after number, uh, number three. It says Ford Kavanaugh oh, interview. the Kamala one. The, the dumb Kamala, shit sorry. question. Yeah, yeah, that one. Judge, have you ever discussed special counsel Mueller or his investigation with My favorite, anyone? my favorite thing ever. Mueller. Well, it's uh, in the news <laughs> every day. I... Have you discussed it with anyone? Uh, with other judges, I know, uh. Have you discussed Mueller or his investigation with anyone at Kasowitz, Benson, and Torres, the law firm founded by Mark Kasowitz, President Trump's personal lawyer? Uh, Be sure about your answer, sir. Be sure. Be sure about your answer, sir. Uh, well, I'm not remembering, but if you have something you want to <laughs> Are you say certain to my you've not had a conversation <laughs> with I- anyone at that law firm? <laughs> Kasowitz, Benson, and Torres, which is the law firm founded by Mark Kasowitz, who is President Trump's personal lawyer. Have you had any conversation about Robert Mueller or his investigation with anyone at that firm? Yes or no? Well, is there a person you're talking about? I'm asking you a very direct question. Yes or no? I, I need to know the. Uh, I'm not sure I know everyone who works at that law firm. I don't think you need to. I think you need to know who you talked with. <laughs> so on the surface, uh, you know, a liberal person will look at that, and I'm coming this from a liberal perspective. I used to be a liberal. I used to be a liberal for a very long time. You're a recovering liberal now. Uh, I yeah, that's what you could say. Welcome to Liberal Anonymous. <laughs> Libranon. <laughs> Libranon. <laughs> Libranon. Ooh, that's probably like some secret society. <laughs> Definitely already taken. Um, but on the surface, you listen to her, and people will be like, Man, she's really getting into him. She's really ripping into him. You know? She she's uh she's really going and, and now in hindsight, you're thinking to yourself, what is she talking about? She's talking about the goddamn my favorite thing ever, the Mueller report. Fucking Robert Mueller and the fucking Mueller report. I don't use this word very often, but if there was a picture in the dictionary next to the word nothing burger, it would be a picture of fucking Robert Mueller and the fucking... Like <laughs> like what he said. The, it's on the news every day. That's his initial reaction because it was on the news every day. It was on the news every day. For like a whole full, and I should you not, a whole year, a whole calendar year, the Mueller report was on the news. And then all of a sudden, it went away. It became nothing, nothing came of it, and then they just moved on. They act like it never happened, like they didn't talk about it every day for a whole year. Talking about what? And 
And so this, and of course, what does Kamala bring up? She brings up this stupid fucking thing, the Mueller report. You know, it's so important. The Mueller report's so important. Oh my God. It's very bizarre. It, it, it was it was so long. I mean, I I it like traumatized me. Not even the Trump election, which really was like the Trump years. That was like a, a solid six years of just nothing but ta- them talking about Trump every day. And in the beginning, I was okay with it because I didn't like Trump either. But after like two years, three years, four years, five years, six years, and now it's seven. Now it's eight, and it's just like whoa, you guys. Come on now. Ooh, we got boosted. Uh, let's see here. From Cotton Jim. C- Cotton Jim. Cotton Gin. Cotton Jim. Over at Fountain. He sent us 2508 sets. And he Ooh. says, fuck Barry Manilow. All right. All right. <laughs> well, fuck you too, Cotton Gin. Thank you very much for your boost, sir. We really appreciate it. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, should I hit this uh, this uh, second interview clip here? Yeah, so this is actually uh, getting a good ear on him and his speaking voice. Got it. Go ahead. Did anything happen? No. I've never sexually assaulted anyone. Not in high school, not ever. Uh, I've always treated women with dignity and respect. Uh, Listen to the people who've known me best through my whole life. The women who've known me since high school. The 65 who overnight signed a letter from high school saying I always treated them with dignity and respect. So I guess if we were to presume that these two people were the same people, how would he knock his voice up into that higher register to assume the character of, uh, of Ford? Uh, helium or some chemical through the, maybe into, maybe some in, intravenous chemical. Perhaps? Mm. Interesting. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah. Of course, it could all be just green room, green screen bullshit anyway. You it's know. all fake. <laughs> it could just be bull- like, you know, like the thing that Chris showed us with the guy's foot going through the thing during the, the Rittenhouse trial. That like, was pretty spooky. Who the fuck knows, man? Who the hell knows? I don't know. But if you look at the picture, they have a side by side of his face and her face. And it kind of fits. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I really like it. And I'm going to give uh, Cotton Gin some love in the chat here. <laughs> I typed in the in the smoker on accident, so you got multiple. Oh, no. I've got karma everywhere. Sorry, I didn't mean to give you that much karma. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it did take a long time for that boost to come through. <laughs> Lightning my ass. Um. Anyway, so we were talking about Kavanaugh, Ford. So let's let's uh, let's listen to the medley and then the interview clip. We're just real quick in succession. Uh, sorry, you want to clip three medley? Okay, just play just a little bit part of it. It's really great when women step up for other women. Yeah, that's fine. 
and then we'll play the interview one. Did anything happen? No. I've never sexually assaulted anyone, not in high school, not ever. Damn. Uh, I've always treated women with dignity similar. and respect. It could be the same timber. I mean, to be fair, they're from the same place. They grew up in the same area. Just saying that. But actually, that kind of sounds similar. It's, uh, you know, I would, uh, I think we should put this up in our cabinet of uh, conspiracy curiosities and, you know, we'll shine a couple of little lights on it, set up a nice little display for it. It's you here. Know. It's here for people to come and check out and, it's and admire. Here. It's, it's, I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. It's one that I hadn't heard, which, um, I don't know. I feel like we spent a lot of time looking into this stuff, so... When I see something that's as mainstream as Kavanaugh, this weird conspiracy, I, I get I get intrigued. It makes me excited. I love I love finding new stuff. Can I uh, comment on that last boostagram there very briefly? Surely. Uh, and I see that Cotton Gin said that he had sent it about thirty minutes ago, and I saw it come in, but I never heard the uh, jingle go off for it. So I I ended up just refreshing the page to get it to play. So mm. it was nothing on your end, Cotton Gin. It's all it's all uh, me. So uh so it's just the the sound itself that was a little late. Yeah, or maybe it played it's so low. It's a lot lower than it was last week. And maybe mm. it came through when there was a a clip playing. I like the level. I like the level. Mm. Well hopefully all this attention that we're giving him now makes up for it. <laughs> we love we love our cotton gym. <laughs> where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Jim. <laughs> My man Eli. Eli Whitney was no fool. <laughs> no dummy. Mama didn't raise no dummy. Yeah, Mama Whitney didn't raise no dummy. <laughs> <laughs> what in the hell are we talking about? Anyway, that's, you know what? That's enough. I, I had some other stuff that I was going to bring, but you know what? It's kind of depressing and i just i'll save it for next week or we'll do it again i i like this this is fun and we'll go to intermission and we'll have some time to talk about your stuff do uh so, do you want do you want a little a little music to pep you up cheer you up a little bit oh well i'm pretty pepped but please i'd like some more pep <laughs> oh man <sighs> takes me back takes me back you know the banjo days <laughs> battle faster <laughs> um you know i could uh could hit you with something super super fast it's show related and oh. it's kind of in the in the realm of that bumper music but i pulled a couple of uh of additional tracks here to test out for tonight to see if we like them for uh like story mixes and whatnot. Would you like to hear them? I only got three. Surely. Surely. Here's our first one. It's a little long. It's got that fade out. It's a little you long. Could, uh, you could cut it off. Yeah. Yeah. If it was the boo doo 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 Uh, let's see. This is our next one. 
Was it some King's Quest shit? Final Fantasy three. <laughs> oh, Final Fantasy three. Oh, it's a, it's the best one in my humble opinion because it's got Kefka, who is the ultimate clown villain of the entire Final Fantasy series. The ultimate clown. The ultimate clown. And here's our. This might be the content. This might be the winner for tonight. Maybe. I love it. <laughs> nice. Well, I got this. Is, is it like a? Is it reminds me of Jet Moto? It Jet is. Moto uh, it's Contra Three. Contra Three. Contra Three. Oh, oh. that's my jam, dude. There were so many nights, play like just sitting up way past our bedtime, getting hammered in the hotel room playing Contra Three. <laughs> uh, that's some good shit. Uh, beautiful. God damn it. We got to get, you know what? If I ever get that uh, raspy, you know, that's going to be part of that. Get a couple mm-hmm. emulators going, you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, NetNet was saying that uh, with the right raspy, you can play on a network with people. That would be Whoa. fucking, oh my God. Raspy land parties? I don't know. I think it's over on the internet. It's on, yeah. yeah. Well, sorry, I see, I see what you're saying. Yes, yes. yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm using that in a hokey way, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm picking up what you now. Uh, I'm picking up what you are putting down now. Oh, very good. Oh, very good. Wow, that sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. If we had an actual group of people who all were doing that and were on the same page about that shit, or maybe there's a forum. I could go to a forum somewhere and find more raspy players. I don't know. Hmm. Um, this is awesome to look into. I agree. And, I like all the uh, sounds, though. Those are good sounds. The first one, the long one, we should just shorten a little bit, and that would be perfect. I can, uh, I can fuck with that. I can fuck with that. Sweet. Sweet. Do we have any screambos? Uh, we do, in fact. Woo! No, because when, when, things are, when things are hard, they're, you know, they're really rewarding, and... Uh, you know, I, you know, I just, I just want life to be like, just so, just so, you know, so goddamn hard, but like, oh, <laughs> so rewarding, you know, like, yeah, just really, ah, oh, really hard, really, really hard, but you know, oh, rewarding, really hard and rewarding, you know, life should just be really hard and rewarding, like just so hard and rewarding. What a hard and rewarding life! So hard. Get the scream in there. Well, thank you, Color. I, uh, I too, appreciate things that are hard. I think uh, that's why I've enjoyed doing uh, my line of work for so long, just because the, the hours are really hard, but the the final products are usually well worth it. Yeah, I like being hard too. <laughs> so hard. I lo- yeah, I like it hard. I like being. I like that. I like doing hard. I like being hard. <laughs> Ooh, I think we have a wiener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> that last. And I'm Mr. very. Grant. I just want to say thank you, caller. You yeah. s- you just go so hard, caller. I need you to know that, caller. 
You just go so hard, caller. I think we need more hard callers like that at 612-263-7999. Yes, if you feel that you may in any way, shape, or form come as near coming as hard as this caller came, then you can call us at 612-263-7999 and uh, let us know how hard you are. Or easy. Let us know how easy you are. (laughs) Cotton Gin's giving me a... A uh, little chubbin' with this uh, recent boostagram of 2,508 sats. Again, from Fountain Ooh. saying Final Fantasy VI, or three in America, is the greatest Final Fantasy. Don't change my mind. Huh. Well, I always hear that Final Fantasy VI in America is, the great- is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Final Fantasy of all time. I'm assuming that you're thinking of seven because... Uh, is it seven? Yeah, with like Cloud Strife and Tifa, uh, Aerith. Yeah, the the yeah the the most famous one. Yeah, the uh, Final Fantasy VI was originally released in Japan on the Super Famicom, but then when it was ported over to the United States, uh, probably most Western markets, I would imagine, uh, they changed it to number three in the series. So in the States, it went Final Fantasy 1, Final Fantasy 2, Final Fantasy 3, Final Fantasy 7. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. That was weird, Japanese. I, I didn't. I thought you weren't a uh, a big Final Fantasy guy. Oh, I love it. I love oh. Final Fantasy. Oh, I get, I keep getting mixed up. For some reason, I thought. I tell you, I, I, I played. I've never been a big Final Fantasy guy, but I got into Final Fantasy online oh, because nice. of Nick and because of Icy Grills. Oh, I do remember you telling me about this. Yeah, and I, I would like for a solid like two months, I played Final Fantasy online, and I maxed out a guy, and I like <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was kind of a cool game, but I was learning about all this history of Final Fantasy that I never knew because I never actually played the games growing up because I was a, a Nintendo kid, right? Not a PlayStation kid. I, I didn't have both of them, just the Nintendo. I had, At least until I was like 15. <laughs> I don't know if anybody out there is going to feel what I'm about to say here, but I had the biggest crush on Celeste. She's my gal from way back in the day. She mm. was a general for Kefka's army, one of the uh, like uh, uh, magicite imbued uh, wizard generals, essentially. But she ended mm. up... Uh, Turning, turning, uh, turning coat against Kefem, join the resistance. Mm. Mm. Sounds hot. Oh, dude, she's mm, sick. Yeah. <laughs> and Dude's her- like, I have a family. I don't know what you guys are talking <laughs> about. <laughs> she's uh, she had this really cool uh, power called Rune, and I just I can't remember what the actual move did. But uh, she ends up like performing at this opera in the game. It's great. Mm. Yeah. I, again. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Now we're now we're going we're going off the rails. Oh man, I don't know if I can find that one in time. Yeah. So. Do we have any more screenbills, or should we save them? Uh, we only have. Oh, we had another one come in, so I can hit you with this last one. Do it. But, but yeah, but you know. Uh... 
what some people call hard, you know, might not be, you know, as hard to some other other people. I mean, I, I had I had a Japanese roommate, and you know, he said, uh, you know, black guys they got the biggest dicks, but uh, Japanese guys they have, they have the hardest dicks. And I was like, you know, yeah, maybe I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't about to to you know check. Ah! <laughs> it seems like uh like a cop out, you know, like uh like oh you're so hard. Like who like when does that come into play? <laughs> All right, like, everybody line up for the squeeze test. <laughs> come on down. Yeah, or <laughs> or even like say you're in the middle of making love and she screams out, Oh my god, you're so hard. Oh my fuck, you're so hard. Oh fuck. Oh, you're so uh. hard right now. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> which, you know, some people like that sort of thing. Actually, most people, probably. No doubt. If not all, actually. But they really think about it. I don't know. There, there's some asexual people out there not interested in sex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, as it goes. Oh, yeah. She can love who she wants to love. That's right. It's a free country and it's a free universe. And you are in love is love and love is lit. Mm, love is lit. I had some really cool JCD love is love is lit ISOs pop up. So holla at the boy. Love is lit. Let's do this shit. Love <laughs> is lit and hail to the pit. <laughs> There's a lot of love is lit that come through in the donation segment. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gift that keeps on giving. And then when you get a love and lit, I'm like, whoa, deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> the true original meme. <laughs> Only the real ones know. If you know, you know. Uh, anything that you would like to uh, state about the intermission that you've created for us this episode 82? Yeah, I hope that everybody enjoys the intermission. Stay crunchy. We're going to just, uh, you know, have a smoky poo, and we'll be right back. And we'll be right back, and we'll be right freaking back. And Boo Berry is going to have something great for us, too. Oh, I'm going to have it lined up all for your ear holes. Oh. Oh, yes. Lay down the funk, doctor. Mmm. <laughs>
Fuck you up, it's a letdown from the start Watch your back now. 
return to Behind the Schemes. Starring Uberry, 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 and Lavish, 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 Lavish. Welcome back to second second half of Behind the Schemes for episode eighty two. It is January thirty first, twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, you listen to Behind the Schemes live Monday's night, and this is Booberry Mothman and Miniocalypse, and my name is Lavish. Could be Lovish. It could be Lavosh. It could be Lavosh. <laughs> could be many things. They say. They tell me. Hey, you know something we should mention real quick? What's that? This Sunday, after No Agenda, you and myself will be joined by... Well, actually, we'll we'll be... Uh, we've been given the offer to join Sir Sir Seat Sitter live for abs in a six-pack this mm-hmm. coming Sunday. That's right. <laughs> Could have said that in so many less words. <laughs> <laughs> That too, you know, ironically ain't enough. That, ain't that life though? <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, you guys are gonna red light it for or green light it for uh two weekends in a row, two Sundays in a row. Yeah. So you and you and the boys just did uh the misinformed and then we'll come in next set uh Sunday following with an entirely new show, an entirely new uh format that has not been done yet. It's been undone. Yes, it's uh, it should be quite the interesting episode. It's uh, it's sort of a battle royale of some of the internet's most popular douchebags. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. It's a a bracketed battle royale. Uh, it'll be a competition, and uh, you can you can participate in it if you like. Um, you can be part of the 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 process if you so desire, or you can just. Hang back one way or another. We'll we'll weed out the biggest douchebag of them all. Yeah, I have the my uh, picks. We might want to actually have a, a spread on it too. We might want to get some gambling going that oh, might yeah. also stir interest. <laughs> Could be legal. The plan cool. is we're going to set up a, a a series of polls on No Agenda Social, so where you can place your vote after we listen to these uh, two particular douchebags uh go toe to toe in, in in a certain round and then you would vote for whoever is the biggest douchebag and uh, mm-hmm. you know, whoever wins ends up going on to the next round and all the meanwhile in the troll room this is the plan at least we'll have a karma system system going so that whoever ends up with the most karma for the last two or for the last round I should say uh, would end up taking the crown. Is it the most karma or the least karma, though? I, mm, and what I, if they I, already I would, have a bunch of karma? I mean, I'm gonna. I, I I do have plans to go through and, uh, you know, when it's not so busy in oh, there, okay. just go through and like check all the names and check with uh, okay. Sir Bimrose to see if maybe I can reset them. Well, don't reset them, but just have a baseline number. Just say okay. It already had six hundred whatever karma before, yeah. so just just go from there, and then we'll tally. We can do that. That's easy. Um, yeah, well, that'll take twenty minutes. Yeah, I think I think the way Doug is set up, the only way someone can get negative karma is if you 
give them karma and then immediately take it away. I I have no idea what the rules are. I've I've taken karma from certain people. For some reason, I feel like there's a list of people who can't get negative karma. Um, I'm going to test right now. I'm going to see if JCD, if I can take away karma from JCD. Oh, man. If anyone deserves it, it's him. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, it totally works. Interesting. Yeah, Servo's got it. So Servo's got testing, testing, testing. But it didn't work for that. So what's the deal with that? I'm not what sure. What if I say the deal? Deal goes down. JCD goes down. Good work, Chunta. Will uh, Tim Pool go down? <laughs> uh, perhaps. <laughs> Will Tim Tide go down? Sorry, that was a really bad joke. It's all good. Know, I'm good for him. So yeah, that'll Ooh. be that'll be right after No Agenda this coming Sunday, so get excited for it. Uh, be sure to keep an eye out on the No Agenda social for those polls. We'll be needing all the participation that we can get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on in. We'd love to have you a part of the process. No cool. doubt. I'm really enjoying these after Sunday shows, you know, like uh Oh, it's a it's fantastic a- idea. It's it is it's it's a really good idea and it's like an engaging thing if you if you want something to do after no agenda's done and you can hang out and do that and uh, it's just it's another option you don't have to do it but you can if you want fuck it mm. and it's just begun it's only just begun it's in the it's in the honeymoon phase yeah and I like the I like the healthy balance of uh. It seems like every other show has the live slot afterwards, and then Thursday is still uh, still discovery time for shows and whatnot. Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's better than the original plan, which was I think they were just going to have somebody permanently in that post Thursday sh- slot. Mm-hmm. Sh- slot. You know what I mean? They were going to be in there for good. Oh, yeah. Get up in my slot. Forever. I'm a dirty, forever be I'm a dirty, dirty slot. And like, <laughs> someone was like, wait a minute. What if we just put our show right after No Agenda? Oh, yeah. Great idea. Yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. Very legal. Very much a fan of it. Thank you for your courage, Sir Bemrose. Yes. Thank you for your courage, Sir Bemrose. And a big job bless to him. And I'd like to go ahead and thank uh, some Freaks of Hazards for their continued courage this week. Yes, please. Uh, we had a couple of people, uh, a couple of folks, all returning famous faces, uh, producing this episode for this week. First, Excellent. first off, we have Double Thought. He's blessing us with yet again another three dollars and thirty-three cents. Oh, I meant this one. There you go. Thank you, Mr. Double Thought, Mr. Derek. You know what? I actually, I want to shower him. I want to shower him with uh, some of these coins. That's for you, Double Thought. Thank you so much for for uh, for being there and supporting the show. We, we really appreciate nice. it. What a haul. Yeah, dude. And uh, head over to DoubleThoughtDimension.com. And check out their show. It's Derek and Tony. Derek has been a guest on this uh, program before. Episode mm-hmm. 54, Fleshbag Minus Minus. That was a good one. We had a good time. 
we might uh we might want to talk to him again one of these days. Hell thanks yeah. Thanks for thanks for the support, Derek. We appreciate it. We also had a couple of ISOs get sent in, which is always hella fun. The first one came from Tunta, who's been on the track for getting some uh, ISOs submitted. Which one did he? Oh, he did this one. That's tricky. That's so tricky. Ooh, that's tricky. So tricky. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right on time. It's tricky. It's tricky, tricky. Anyway. <clears throat> Thank you, Junta. Really appreciate that. Junta's been killing it lately, sending in all kinds of great clips and and uh, and stuff, and been very, very awesome, high quality, and fantastic, and usable. We're gonna use it all. Yes, he uh, he is also the show artist for this week. He did the uh, he sent it to us. Uh, I want to say week uh, last week or week before last. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's a, a Freemasonic Hall, a temple with George Washington out front shooting laser beams into the heart of an angel. Mm-hmm. And blowing it up like the Death Star. Yes. Yes, giving it the Superman laser beam eyes. Because that's what George Washington was. The greatest Mason ever to live. A Superman. He also sent in this amazing uh, art of an F-35 with a clown nose and giant, uh, a huge tracks of udders. There's some big old titties on there. Yeah, dropping udders. Dropping vials of uh, life juice from the air, just squirting it, squirting it everywhere. Have you accepted it into your life? Have you accepted you the utter vaccine into your life yet? You going to today? And because he included the clown nose on the F-35, I feel compelled to do the clown laugh for him. That's mm. for you, Tuta. Thank you. And we you- are a pro-clown board here. We accept nothing but the we accept the full clown and nothing but the clown. So help us, Lord. So help us, oh, clown. Lord. <laughs> and we also had Sir Spencer sending in a couple of ISOs from their show. And these are ah, I'm so happy about these. Uh, the first one comes from well, they're both fr- from Spencer, but the first one is of Spencer. It's schemes but, after schemes, is what it is. No doubt. Non-stop. It never stops. The mail never stops. <laughs> and Dame DeLorean. Oh, oh my God. This one, I just, it's like, I, I'm going to need a, like a scrape or something to get my jaw off the floor. That is a snaky, sick scheme going on right there. Oh, what a money shot. Oh, dude, that's a, that's, that's an evergreen, in my humble opinion. It's forever. She's she skates just like on a roller skating rink. She just dips and dodges and dashes, and she's like, "Bam!" And then she and then she hits you in the mouth. Bam! It's very exciting. Thank you, Sir Spencer, for uh, for those submissions. And yes. uh, thank you, Sir Spencer. Thank you, Delorean. Thank you, Junta. The last person that I would like to shout out is Bully Steed. Has. Mm-hmm. A submission for the watch list. Oh, 
It's called My Psychedelic Love Story, and mm. it is a documentary about um, Tim- one of Timothy Leary's uh, girlfriends at the time, when he was in his heyday. Mm. And Timothy Leary, of course, is uh, who is known as the LSD guru of the, of his time. Uh, now, a days in conspiracy circles, is generally accepted as a spook. Yep. Um, so I would love to watch this. Maybe this is a part of the puzzle. It's uh, it's actually we can I can send you this link uh here later, probably after the show. But it's actually included in um. There's that huge watch list uh, floating around No Agenda Social. Mm, oh, yeah. The drive-in movie theater. Or shut-in. Shut-in. Yeah, the shut-in. So, it's on yes, there. Indeed. I confirmed it with my own very eyes. Oh, is it? It's on there? Yep. Oh, hell. We're in. In Lake Flynn, baby. Oh, man. We're going to project it at the, uh, at the meetup. <laughs> We're going to do... We're going to do so much at this meetup. Yes, we're going to do everything. Um, And what I'm looking at here is that this isn't like a a fictional recreation. This is a archive footage. This is a a real actual documentary. So I'm definitely going to watch this. This is, this looks great. So thank you very much for bringing this to our attention. Yes, we appreciate it. We thank everybody that, that reaches out and, Helps produce this show. You can head over to BehindTheSchemes.com. That's uh, S-C-H-3-M-3-S or LoveIsLit.com. And shoot us an email. Mm-hmm. Um, I've currently locked myself out of my uh, boo at <laughs> BehindTheSchemes.com. So, oh, good. Uh, you know, as it goes. We're off to a roar. I know. <laughs> nah. Hey, man, like, a, like that caller stated earlier, I like it hard. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do everything the hard way. No doubt. Um but yes, thank you uh thank you everybody. Everyone donated lavishly. Oh god bless all this money. There that's how you make the money. That is how you make the money. That's where you make the money. That's where you make the money. 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 And uh you know post show we have to do this uh promo of some capacity for Sir, 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 uh, Sir. I don't know why I keep doing this, Sir Spencer. <laughs> Sir, Sir, Sir Spencer. Yes, we do. We got to do the promo. Uh, I should do that like tonight, actually, or tomorrow. Yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll figure something to out. You. Uh, we are we gonna do it together? We're we gonna be like, I'm Booberry and I'm Lavish, <laughs> and we're gonna be skating at the. I don't know. I don't he's, know what to do. He's lavish and he's booberry and they're totally gay for each other. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have matching skating outfits and we're gonna run around and we're gonna smoke cigars on the skating rink and it's gonna be awesome. Mm. It's gonna be great. Oh, I'm so excited. Everybody's just gonna be so thrilled <laughs> with our with our outfits. Yes, and uh, as far as uh, as far as I'm aware, I'm gonna do my damnedest. I think we are going to be doing a live stream, hopefully to the oh, No Agenda stream. Out. I okay. did contact the venue; they do have tables, they do have a, a Wi-Fi set up inside of the venue, and um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and make it happen. It's, if uh, if I can get the okay from Bimbros, 
The tentative plan is to broadcast from about 5.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, I want to have a open mic setup going so that anyone that mm. wants to come and go and, and hop on and say hello to the No Agenda stream and get their piece out there, I'm hoping that we can facilitate that. I know Cerser Seat Sitter is not looking to skate all that much, so him and I might uh, take this this project over and do shifts or something. But I'm hoping yeah, they got us working in shifts. Yeah, <laughs> and you don't get a piss break. <laughs> they got the boys down at the lab. Um, that's a uh, Lebowski quote. Uh, we uh. I can't wait. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to work out very well. It looks like this place is really big. You might be able to like uh, go into a nice little corner and and uh, mitigate the background noise so that it's just right. It's just what you want. So it's like, you know you're at the rink, but it's, uh, you know, it's not just like overbearing. Sorry, what? Uh, which part was overbearing? Uh, just in case, like, if the roller skating's too loud, but you want the background noise. Oh, yeah. But you just don't want it to be too loud, you know? We'll figure something out. It'll it'll work, I think. I think yeah. it's a big, big space. It'll be great. It's going to work out just fine. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll probably have some music going to, uh, to break up the, the broadcast, you know, make it like a real, like, uh, like one of them radio shows when they, when they come to you live from a festival or something. Oh, yeah. One of those real radio shows. We're a real radio show. We're the public radio now. We are. Yeah, that's perfect- going to be it. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. We are. We all are. Yes. I'm, uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a lovely time. I'm looking forward to it. Well, there's going to be a lot of uh, producers and freaks of hazards and all kinds of people showing up. And Mr. Spencer's going to be there. I don't know who else I, I can say is going to be there. I don't know how it, I don't want to step on any toes, but it's going to be quite the crew. It's going to be quite the crew. Yeah. <laughs> so you're reading, reading, seeing what he's got to say about uh, the denial of <laughs> entering the roller rink. I don't know, man. I've tried it in the past. It's uh, not really my cup of tea. I'm just. <laughs> I don't think most people, most people are probably not going to skate. And yes, DeLorean will be there too. DeLorean, the lovely DeLorean will be there. And I'm pretty sure she said already on Bowl After Bowl, which is every token Tuesday night, that she was not going to go skating. But, uh, you know. I got those pronate, pronate ankles, man. They point inwards. So when I stand up, I don't stand perfectly perpendicular on my ankles. They bend in. Mm. It hurts like a motherfucker after like half an hour. Yeah, well, you don't need to do that for yourself then. I just, you know, I would do it, but the thing is, I'm going to be drinking. I'm going to hurt. I'm going to hurt myself. You don't <laughs> hurt yourself. I don't hurt myself. It'll, we'll have a better time. No doubt. I don't want to go to the ER. And be like Adam. Adam will go on no agenda and be like, this guy just fucking ate it, knocked out <laughs> his teeth. I think I skated over a tooth. (laughs) 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 But you should check out their podcast, Behind the Schemes. Hell yeah. 
Well, cool. Uh, we're looking forward to it. We'll keep you posted with uh, with more to come. I'm just kidding. We're, we're, we are going to skate. Don't worry about it. With the matching outfits. We'll send pics. It'll be fun. Yes, Mama Berry's six foot four inches is a long way to fall down. <laughs> you don't need to do that. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Oh man, Yuri Geller is back on the scene. You know who Yuri, Yuri Geller is, surely. Yuri Geller? Yes. I don't know who Yuri Geller is, I don't think. He is the famous uh, spoon bending man, a mentalist. Uh, the he, guy from The Matrix? <laughs> no, he was super popular around the 70s. I, I'm not really sure what he's been up to in more recent years, but uh, he, he's kind of known for having all these uh, supposed psychic powers and whatnot. Hmm. So this guy actually made a career. A great career. This guy probably has a great house from being a spoon spoon guy. Yes, he is a uh, he's an illusionist, a magician, television personality, a self proclaimed psychic, all from the Book of Knowledge. Uh, he has done uh, spoon bending and other illusions, and he uses conjuring tricks to simulate the effects of psychokinesis and telepathy. His uh, career has spanned more. In four decades, and do you want to know what he is saying now? Hmm. My dear friends, and this comes from his Instagram. My dear friends, a team mapping radio waves in the universe has discovered something unusual that releases a giant burst of energy three times an hour, and it's unlike anything astronomers have seen before. No doubt in my mind that this is connected to alien intelligence way, way superior than ours. Start deciphering their messages. They are preparing us for a mass landing soon. Hashtag NASA. Hashtag Hoova. Hashtag Spectra. Hashtag Spectra. Hashtag aliens. Hashtag aliens again. Hashtag aliens a third time. Mm-hmm. Jeez. So this reported, Jeez. this reported energy source is approximately 4,000 light years away, and science claims that they have not encountered this new, quote, spooky phenomena before. And they believe it could be a white dwarf or the collapsed core of a star with a powerful magnetic field around it called a magnetar. Magnetar. Go, magnetar, I choose you. Ah, Fendicat, magnetar. He's baby. There's no doubt. Wow. Geez. So there's a, so just to, just to clarify before you go, there's a team they found... Massive radio waves that's coming from 4,000 light spoons away, and they have monitored that it might be coming from a star, collapsed star, or a or a spooky alternative thing. Yeah, some sort of spooky communication device. Well, so Yuri, Yuri believes that it's a uh, an attempt at communication with an alien intelligence, and, uh, you know, he's, I think... Further on in the comments, he was saying stuff like, you know, uh, or he was expecting them to, like, land in the White House uh, yard and whatnot. Things mm-hmm. of that, things of that nature. But um, here, I'll, I'll give you a quote from this, uh, from this article. Astro, just to kind of get into the magnetar a little bit. 
Astrophysicist Dr. Natasha Hurley-Walker from Curtin University in Australia said this object was appearing and disappearing over a few hours during our observations, and that was completely unexpected. It was kind of spooky for an astronomer because there's nothing known in the sky that does that. It's a type of slowly spinning neutron star that has been predicted to exist theoretically. Uh, But nobody expected to directly detect one like this because we didn't expect them to be so bright. Somehow it's converting magnetic energy to radio waves more effectively than anything we've ever seen before. Funny enough, mm. if you, uh, there is a one, space.com giant super magnetic star has scientists buzzing from September 14th, 2012. So, I mean, on a cursory search, I could find an article that date, uh, that goes back 10 years. And yet this is, uh, it seems like it's being treated like it's something that has never been encountered before. Only theoretically predicted, you know? Yeah. And it's not something they're like, we've been waiting for this and waiting for, it's not like that. It's like, Oh, what's this? Mm. Oh, okay. So here, here's a, here's where they get into more of Yuri's comments about the uh, aliens. Last month, Yuri said that he was convinced aliens are preparing to quote, make contact with the human race with (laughs) with my butthole. He said they will probably land on the white house lawn or somewhere. It's exactly on the White House lawn. Out of everywhere on this godforsaken planet, that's the one place they'll choose. Uh, all our on the science- White House on the of White- all places, yeah, the White House. <laughs> take, take me to your leader. How unimaginative are these people? How self-absorbed are these people? <laughs> Do you don't think they aren't going to go to the fucking pyramids, maybe, or they are maybe going to go to the Anchor Watt? Or something. Easter Island. <laughs> they're going to go to no. Paducah, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. They're going to go to the Jack Daniels distillery. You know, like, give me a fucking break. Bridgeport, Connecticut. Jack, <laughs> Jack Daniels sent us shit. Uh, oh, man. All our science fiction films about alien encounters will come true. I don't think we are talking about thousands or even hundreds of years. If I had to guess a rational and logical guess, I would say 60 to 75 years it's going to happen. Are we even going to have a White House in 75 years? It'll probably be gray by then. Mm. Well, Off White House. <laughs> surely, surely you've been wondering, well, I wonder what would happen if a magnetar came to planet Earth. Would you like to know what would happen if a magnetar came to planet Earth? Because. <laughs> this, this is, I love this shit. This is dramatic science. Oh my God. This is the most powerful object in the universe. The biggest spinning magnet to ever exist. It's the cosmic equivalent of a great white shark. But it wouldn't eat you. It would just turn all your atoms to dust. This is what if. (laughs) And here's what would happen if a magnetar entered our solar system. I'm sorry, aren't atoms already kind of like dust? Yeah, I thought dust was atoms. I mean, like, I'm not saying that, I don't know. I just, I thought there was this whole concept that, like, atoms don't actually touch. Is that No, everything is mostly space at the atomic level. Gotcha. Atoms are, to my understanding, the, the, the tiny little nucleus... And then you have a bunch of nothing 
and then you have an electron shell. And that's essentially the very simplified idea of what matter is at a microscopic scale. Mm-hmm. I got it's you. just a bunch of titties, boobs. <laughs> it's just a bunch of titties. We'll Big old titties. We'll continue. Little tiny titties. <laughs> If you thought neutron stars were big and scary, well, you haven't heard of their more powerful stellar cousins yet. Like neutron stars, magnetars are leftovers from supernova explosions. They're just packed with a lot more matter. Their density is so high that a single teaspoon of a magnetar could weigh in at a billion tons. They're also the most magnetic stars we know about. We use a unit called a Gauss to measure the strength of a magnetic field. Earth's magnetic field is only about 0.6 Gauss. The magnetic field of a magnetar can be as strong as one quadrillion Gauss. How long would it take a stellar monster like that to rip our planet apart? It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if a magnetar was sitting quietly in our galactic neighborhood. But if it decided to stop minding its own business, there are two ways a magnetar could end all life on Earth, together with the planet itself. It could get too close to the planet. You'd start to feel its presence when it was about halfway between the moon and the Earth. At that distance, a magnetar would erase the information off all your credit card's magnetic strips. Whatever you do, try not to get closer than 1,000 kilometers from a cosmic invader. Because if you did, your atoms would get stretched out of shape. Your bioelectric field would get scrambled, disintegrating your molecular structure. And your body would just disappear. And your dust. <laughs> okay, blah, 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 <laughs> quick and painless. That's what I heard. It had to get a lot closer than what they were hyping it up, I feel like. I was like, you know, half the distance between the moon and the earth, that's not, that's not really all that far, right? No, it isn't. It's nothing. Yeah. In the, in the scale of the fabric of the cosmos. <laughs> no, it's not. It's nothing. But but, but uh, what if he came to our galaxy? He would turn all of us to dust. Guess what? They just entered my top ten favorite ways to die. I hope that happens. That would be fucking great. Quick, painless. No problem. It's mm. up there with dying in your sleep. As a matter of fact, it might be better. Yeah, I guess one of the other ways that a magnet, magnetar could fuck you up is if it ever released a gamma burst of radiation, or I guess, sorry, a gamma burst. Um, mm-hmm. At uh, a burst in, of gamma, even at tremendous distances, it would still—how do they phrase it? it? Would still be powerful enough to compress the magnetic field of planet Earth and like ionize the air, and it would fuck up a whole lot of people, like you know. Fire and brimstone the whole countryside. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Or solar flares knocking out power or something hardcore like gamma radiation punching a hole in the ozone. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. (laughs) It could happen in 60 to 75 years right on the White House lawn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right now, tomorrow, today. It happened today. Mm. That's, you know... It's only with the sheer vastness of space that it's only that that saves us from the terrors of space. Whatever's going to have to come at us has to come a very, very long way. And they have to go and hit a bunch of other, they have to basically not hit a bunch of other shit, you know, to hit us. (laughs) And luckily we have just the right amount of shit 
around like the sun and the moon and Jupiter and Saturn and all these things. And they, you know, it kind of makes it hard. Makes it hard to, now that I said that, God, I got to knock on some wood. I swear to God, we're going to get hit by a meteor tomorrow because I, I was like, astronomical chance. So hard. In in space, nobody can feel my magnetic pull. <laughs> in space, no one can see your heart. <laughs> oh my god! Um, well, uh, you know, at some point we should revisit Yuri Geller. He's got some interesting toe to toe with uh, pseudo skepticals back in the day. He went. Um, he went up against some like uh, I mean, of course, the name of the guy escapes me, but um, this one particular gentleman that he was facing in a debate was famous for running around and uh, debunking all sorts of shit way back in the seventies. Hmm, it's a pretty interesting time. Pretty, pretty interesting. Um, pretty interesting. Yeah, we should. Uh, hmm, we should hit some Meta Mouse. The happiest place on Earth, Disneyland, has just patented some technology, some new and improved Mm. technology. Oh, boy. They were approved for a virtual world simulator during the last week of December. And this technology would project 3D images and virtual effects onto physical spaces, according to the U.S. Patent Office. It's like the mouse is right there in front of you the whole time. Okay, so immediately what I'm thinking of is like the the Star Trek Next Generation um, holodeck. Holodeck. This is what I'm. This is this is the image I'm thinking of here. If you were if you were into such things, do you think you could get a little bit of that Mickey Mouse holodeck? I mean, if Minnie was around, let's see. You know. Just I'm not up. into that sort of thing, you know. I'm not. I'm not into the into that scene. Oh, the costume thing. heads. <laughs> you know, I'm not one of those. One of those people. Uh, I see. You know, f- uh, Fridays at Freddy's or whatever the hell it's called types. You know, I'm, I'm not into that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, it's it's cool. You can do that if you like. On a hollow deck. I mean, geez, what would you do on a hollow deck? I mean, there's the sexual stuff. Sure, I'd go hang out with uh, Elizabeth Hurley or whatever, but am I dating myself with that one? I'm getting uh, old. Probably. It's fine. I don't think anybody yeah. will call you out, though. Hmm. Just me. My own worst enemy. Anyway. Uh, I mean, yeah. Anyway. I, I said she's fucking goofy. You know? <laughs> you know, uh... Snow White was fired from Disneyland this past weekend as well. <laughs> Found her in a dressing room. Sitting on Pinocchio's face, screaming, lie to me. Pinocchio's probably saying something like, jet fuel can melt steel beams. <laughs> <laughs> the election was legit. The there election was, was legit. <laughs> I was so legit, so legit. So hard. Oh my god, Biden was supposed to be president. Oh, he got all those votes. Uh. 
So instead of being designed for mass entertainment, this device would track individual park visitors to personalize the projections. For example, while one family may see Mickey Mouse greeting them by a hot dog stand, another group could interact with Princess Belle and Cinderella. How long until people get pissed off that park uh, goers are trying to grope virtual Cinderella? Because this is immediately where this goes. Dude, I've worked with, I've worked in the theme parks, not at Disney, but I've worked in theme parks before. I've seen the guy with the fucking GoPro on it or the selfie stick. And, and as uh dancers are trying to do their thing, you know, coming down the aisle, right, excuse me, of the venue, they'll take that selfie stick and stick it right up underneath of their fucking skirts. I've seen this happen. Yeah. Yeah. The creep shot stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's only a matter of time. Only- uh, you know, it's not as extreme, but I've also seen, like, I saw a video lately of a girl groping a Gaston, a guy. Oh, yeah, it's like filling up his muscles and his huge pecs. Yeah, and filling up his, you know, his delts. And uh, he was like, you're out. And he got security. And she got fucking kicked out of Disneyland for being a weirdo. Mm-hmm. So just, uh, yeah. But yeah, these guys with the cameras, man, it's not good. Yeah. Really, really not good at all. Super creepy scene. So the uh, this technology would align with the brand's goal to tell stories through a three-dimensional canvas, as highlighted by the CEO, Bob uh, Shapik. Our efforts, excuse me, efforts to date are merely a prologue, so they're not going to be releasing this tech anytime soon. Uh, a prologue to a time when we'll be able to connect the physical and digital worlds even more closely, allowing for the storytelling without borders, uh, boundaries, sorry, borders, boundaries in our own Disney metaverse. This metaverse, they keep talking about this. They keep using the word metaverse. Mm-hmm. They want it to happen. They're intending it to happen. What can I say? Multiple people. I mean, this... Fucking Facebook changed their whole goddamn image to this metaverse idea. But even before they did that, there was this... I thought it was like the Spider-Man metaverse. Remember? That's what everybody was talking about. Mm, Into the Spider-Verse, yeah. The Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse. And it's like, ever since then, this metaverse thing has caught on. And it's like a major, major selling point. It's a total marketing golden goose right now. What do you think their biggest... uh detractor from this technology would be at this very moment they they, they actually listed in the article detractor uh, yeah. like what, what's its weakness yeah like why would it not work um probably because cameras can't they can't project that well and because people would fuck it up somehow uh, you have to look at it in a specific way for it to work or something so close uh unfortunately this uh, patent highlights the simulator's ability to create shared virtual world experiences without a headset or a mobile device, which can be costly or inconvenient to wear. It also okay. says wearable AR devices will require, quote, burdensome sanitation procedures during the era of COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's well, all- especially at Disneyland, you t- you're talking about just putting people in and out of that room all day. 
Yep. This is why we can't have nice things because the human race is dirty. You just use that, man. You gotta have someone to clean it up. That's what happens when you make yourself dinner at night, you know, and you don't clean it up. Hey, I made this mess. I gotta clean it up. Now just times that times a million every day. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Forever and ever. I actually have a clip here of uh, a third grade classroom's reaction to seeing Mickey Mouse in augmented reality. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm just going to go ahead and, and pre-shout out the based-ass kid in this video. If you're on AR, I can make anything appear in the room, like R2-D2. Wait, what? Wait, what? R2-D2? No! 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 Wait, what? Where's Mickey Mouse? Where's... Oh, my God! Say hi, Mickey. Hi, Mickey! Wait, hello! Hello! Uh, that's all I can make right now. Those are all the characters. Hello, R2-D2. <laughs> I love the, <laughs> the first question right out the gate. So what else can you do with them? Man, what else you got? <laughs> Punk? What you got, bitch? And I like his honesty. Yeah, that's all I got right now. But, uh, yeah, you know, it seemed to be kind of a, you know, rather warm welcome, I suppose, for AR Mickey. I was like, the kids got a big kick out of it. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. It was, uh, the presentation was done with Microsoft's HoloLens. And the mm. kids were able to hold up their smartphones with, uh, with the apps preloaded in order to see the VR Mickey, or AR Mickey, I should say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. This is, uh, this is running me of, like, um, well, there's the there's the the latest Blade Runner. Did you see the new Blade Runner with that Ryan Gosling guy? No, I did not. Oh, um, well, he's got like this virtual girlfriend who's who's always being projected, and she isn't real. She's <laughs> just on. a blue beam projection, right? And um, the way in the beginning, he's kind of broke, and and he can only afford to have it in his apartment. So it's this little, like, camera that can kind of, like, crane around his room. And uh, and it will establish her as, like, a, as a person or whatever. And then he affords to be able to get a little remote, a mobile thing, where he gets to walk around and then she can be with him. And she gets projected out of his pocket or whatever. And um, this is reminding me of that. And it's reminding me of the OG shit of Star Wars, where they have the, the hollow calls in Star Wars. Like uh, execute order sixty six, and they've got the the emperor there, you know, projected on the little device. Is this is this the emperor with the chimpanzee eyes, or like Return of the Jedi emperor? Uh, both, both of them, both of them. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Very cool. So yeah, yeah. I guess get excited for sixty to seventy five years when you can. Go to Disneyland and, I guess, grope Mickey Mouse if you want to. Do you have any desire to go to Disneyland and grope Mickey Mouse? Not necessarily grope Mickey Mouse, but do you want to go to Disneyland? Um, you know, I don't. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I've been been to the Disney World one time. I figured out their scheme with those uh, magic bands. Their security cameras can pretty much uh, ping in on your location. 
Oh, at any time. You're completely, completely monitored the entire time you're in Disneyland world, whatever. Seen it happen at a security gate. But then again, you're monitored everywhere now with traffic cameras. Yeah. It's fun. You are a literal metric collecting device at Disney. That's why I should just go the Sir Spencer DeLorean route and just show them my ass. (laughs) You dirty bitch! Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough of this Disney shenanigans. Tell you, <clears throat> tell you the truth, I didn't actually remember what was coming out next. Oh, dude, I found something really cool. Mm. Uh, Danny Trejo was actually in a local county jail with none other than Charles fucking Manson. And I got he some, was in a, a, a cell? Uh, I guess they were like, uh, not cellmates, but, um, you know, across from, from each other. same wing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so in I got, LA. I got three clips here that detail uh, Treo's experiences with Charles Manson. And uh, first he calls him a bum. And then he calls him a hypnotist. And then he just calls him a broken dude. But here's clip one. So you met. Charles Manson in prison, didn't you? What was that in story? Jail. Can you tell us that? In the county jail. In the county jail. But let me tell you, Charlie wasn't the guy that you saw on the TV specials. All right? He was a, a, a God, he was like five foot four, five foot five, a little scrawny. He was poor, kind of like a bum, really. He he had a he had a a, a string for a belt. He tied his pants with a string because he couldn't afford a belt, you know, and, and, and everybody else, we dressed, you know, cool, ironed our pants. And and, uh, and so the some of the prisoners were going to take advantage of him because they take advantage of anybody that's small. And uh, we found out that he could hypnotize you. So we we let him sleep in front of our cell to, to you know, to make sure that nobody would hurt him and, and uh, he got us loaded on like weed. a weird story. And and three of the guys in the cell. Everybody else had like six guys in their cell. We only had three because we were special. <laughs> I had two killers with me. So what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, uh, Danny what definitely. Our story. He he gets uh, he gets not uh, not riled up. What's the word I'm looking for? It's, he definitely gets excited about telling this story. It's a it's just a weird story. Well, it's about like, to it's about to get even weirder because uh, Danny's getting ready to talk about how or why they wanted Manson to uh, to hypnotize him. Tell us, Danny. He got us loaded on weed, and I said, "Well, get us loaded on heroin." So the three of us tried to get loaded. He got two of us loaded on heroin. One guy just woke up, and afterwards, I asked him, "How come? How come you couldn't do him?" And he says. He asked, did you ever get loaded on heroin? He goes, no. Well, your mind doesn't know how to work. Do you understand? Your mind doesn't know how to react. So if I tell you to do something while you're hypnotized and you haven't done it before or you don't know how to do it, uh, you'll just wake up. And that's what we kept having. Yeah, so you're saying that he got he got you guys loaded up on heroin or weed, but there was oh, no absolutely. heroin or weed in the room, right? He was doing this 
purely through hypnosis. People know when I get loaded on heroin, my eyes, I get red under my eyes. And that's like literally uh, the first thing, blah, you, you throw up, you dump. And I mean, uh, me and Chato, he's like, he's like, we both got, blah, he dumped in the sink. I dumped in the, in the toilet and looked at Hey, what you know? And, and, and oh, everybody was like shocked. And, and this, uh, 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 Johnny Ronnie Cruz, he was like, well, what happened? You, 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 he never got loaded. And, and uh, boy, I kept, I, you know, I was sorry when they transferred Charlie out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a fucking bizarre story. Yeah, dude, so they had Charles Manson hypnotize them getting fucking wasted. That is awesome. You have Charlie Manson in jail hypnotizing you into a heroin trip. That's yeah. fucking great trip. Heroin trip. Is that what the kids say? Uh, <clears throat> heroin. Uh, well, I guess it wouldn't be a binge. Getting you loaded. Yeah. Yeah, I think loaded is probably the most appropriate term. Yeah. Um, so this uh, this third clip is, uh, you know, he's he's not... He's definitely not hopping on the popular cultural bandwagon of, you know, this guy was trying to incite a race riot. You know, he's just some, he's just some like lowly guy, you know, who's just, who's got these weird hypnotizing eyes or shit. Chasing the dragon. Yes, Sir Spencer. Chasing the dragon. That's it. That's exactly it. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the, uh, the classic way of putting it. No doubt. So here's uh here's Danny's uh defense of Manson, the broken people. <laughs> You've basically got unlimited access to anything that you want because he can just keep on hypnotizing you back yeah, into it. Absolutely. What was he in for? Do you know why he was there? Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. You know, yeah, he was nothing, nothing of any, you know, because he was a petty thief. He was he wasn't. Uh, you know what? And not to speak ill of the dead, but Charlie couldn't have done that. Any place, any time, but right there. And my friend George Perry knew him in Frisco, knew him in Oakland. Okay, and he was a he was a a, a scrawny little hippie. And the girls that he got, Linda Casavi, all of them were broken. You know, all of them they were up in Oakland and San Francisco, being ripped off by the pimps and and raped by the pimps, and and so. He came around with a big bus and some acid and said, you know, let me lead you. So it was kind of like they looked at him like, yeah, he's the Messiah, you know. They were already vulnerable. They were already wow. primed for somebody they, like him to come in and save already, them. They were so broken, you know, and so needed needed somebody to take care of them. <sighs> I love that. Yeah. That is the best take on the Bay Area, the most honest and clear take I've heard in a very long time about that time period. Yeah, let me. I'm from you. Oakland, right? Let me lead you. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean it's right. Like at that time, L.A. was the shit. L.A. was the mecca, and San Francisco was like kind of a shithole. And um, and in L.A. and New York and Chicago, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of uh, I don't know. It's 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 harder. It's like it's edgier. There's more. There's more um, adversity. And then in San Francisco and Oakland, people are fucking soft, dude. <laughs> like, 
it's it's just a it's a different scene and it's and it's why it is the way it is culturally and he's so right he's so fucking right about that nice you know san francisco is is like a joke compared to say new york new york city like new york city makes san francisco look like a playground for for idiots it's very weird when you travel and you see other shit and he's right. It's full of broken people, <laughs> Danny. I loved. I love the idea of thinking about that guy as a young guy, just like going from prison to prison, or jail to jail, and just like sneaking drugs in his butthole and running around <laughs> trying to like get his friends high and stock cigarettes and do all you know the whole thing. It's old jailbird. It's awesome. Very cool. I'm glad you liked that. I, I thought you would get a kick out of it. Danny Trejo, man. Yeah, I did. That's That was funny. That's awesome. I, and, it, and it gives another side to Charles Manson. You, ever seen, you never see that side. All you ever hear is that he was a cockeyed psycho. That's it. You never hear any... You never give him the Mofax humanization. All right. Just another loon with a swastika carved in his forehead. Yeah. Oh, Lordy. Eat that. Uh, We should take a break here for a hot two seconds. I found a fun infograph I'd like to share with everybody. Um, It's uh, the ultimate YouTube channel guide to uh, the paranormal board. Uh, So there's lots and lots and lots and lots of channels on there. Hmm. Reach out and check one of those out. Pretty neat. I found this uh, one channel called uh, Mystery History. Talking about the uh, benign wall in Nigeria, which was like 23 miles of walls stacked in on on themselves uh, before the age of uh, mechanical workings. You know? Awesome. Ancient stuff. I gotta check that out. I love... Africa's got so much cool shit. Yeah, I've got got that actual link. to the video, which I don't think I ever shouted this out, but uh, if you want to see all of the stuff that we've been referencing tonight, you can head over to zosascorner.substack.com, Z-O-S-O-S corner.substack. Everything that we've been talking about is posted up in there, including tonight's tarot card and all of our freaks of hazards. But uh, yeah, it's uh, towards there at the bottom, the benign wall. Longest ruin on earth, longer than the Great Wall of China in order, I think. You just know there are some great, great old civilizations that existed there that have been lost to time. Yep, no doubt. So uh, this infograph is full of uh, stuff like that that I can only presume. I definitely have not hit every single one of these channels up, but, uh, you know. Yeah, no doubt. This is a very extensive list. <laughs> um, And then my last story here is uh, this was sent to me via uh via cadaver eater uh, for anybody that's been listening for a long long time he did the episode with us as a guest the 20 or 10 minus 2 equals 20 which was an episode we talked about the way ins- insurgencies will grow once you you know if uh if you assassinate one of their members and whatnot it uh, three more people will take up the cause in this place and whatnot you know, in reference to like the Afghanistan war, while we can in never the Middle East yeah. situation in general, 
Yeah. Why uh, we just always get our asses handed to us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's the reason why we were able to beat England. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's fun. Mm. Oh, and I should say that the uh, Disney Metaverse story was sent to me by Spaz. So we had a lot of uh, uh, submitted stories for this week. Half of them. Hmm. Well, it's uh, apparently is very lovely to get all the support from all these very lovely people. So thank you very much to all of our freaks fazards that have helped produce the show. It wouldn't be as lovely as, as it is uh, if it weren't for you. Yes, and Ooh, here's a, here's the first part of the story that was sent to me by Cadaver Eater. We're about to announce the first step in what could one day lead to gun confiscation. So the ATF is about to launch the next stage of its assault on the forced reset triggers that it considers machine guns. According to an internal ATF email obtained exclusively by GOA, the agency has written and distributed instructions for field offices regarding manufacturers, distributors, and retailers who are in possession of rare breeds forced reset trigger and BDU's wide open trigger. Now, previously, the ATF issued cease and desist letters to some of the companies who make forced reset triggers. Now it seems the ATF is gearing up to begin seizing these devices from those who possess them. And the ATF just gave their field agents the go-ahead, to demand the triggers be turned over and if the manufacturers, distributors, or retailers refuse to comply, the agents have permission to seize them anyway. So you picking up what's happening or what they're putting down? The ATF has sent out an email saying that uh, basically all of these force reset triggers, which is, uh, I guess, similar to like a bump stock where it mimics the actions of a, a fully automatic rifle, uh, which it's not, it's literally just a series of levers inside of this fucking trigger. But the ATF is gonna come to manufacturer to manufacturer and start confiscating them because, well, the ATF considers these triggers to be machine guns. Please be prepared to take possession of any documents and FRTs the manufacturer, distributor, or retailer offers to surrender. They may choose to abandon the items, in which case ask them to complete a forfeiture of property notice. But that's not all. The email refers to those who are found in possession of the trigger as defendants. This email already assumes these people are committing a crime. This email may be about manufacturers, distributors, and retailers, but the implications are clear for the rest of us. The ATF already considers anyone with one of these triggers to be in violation of the 1986 ban on machine guns, known as the Hughes Amendment and the NFA. And violations of this statute are punishable by up to 10 years in a federal prison and a $250,000 fine. And if you're indicted, later convicted of a felony, your name is going to be added to the NICS database and you'll be prohibited from possessing any of the guns you already own. This is serious mm, stuff. The With its new reckless interpretation that forced reset triggers are machine guns, ATF is playing games with your life. Yep. Ten years if you don't give me your shit. <laughs> it's because it- what you already own is now illegal in our eyes, which we just kind of make these rules up on the fly, and they're so incredibly vague and dishonest that fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... 
for you, I don't know how to relate it to theater in construction. It's like with the with these bathroom codes that always change in commercial spaces. And like, say for example, in San Francisco, in a high rise in San Francisco, all the in downtown and all that. Every year they'll change the bathroom codes, the ADA, um, which is the um, American Disabilities Act. Um, so it's just handicap accessibility stuff. Right. Every year they'll change it so that they'll raise like a grab bar up two inches or they'll move this over two inches or whatever. And it, and it goes to the point where it's like, okay, every year you change it just by that much, but I still have to pull the fucking grab bar out of the wall, reinstall it and make it all look pretty. Right. Recover all and the holes and everything. Cover all the holes or you know, whatever you, gotta do. I mean, really, if you have to. I mean, you're ripping the fucking thing out. So really, yeah, you have to retile it. I mean, if you're going to do it right and you're going to make it look pretty, what you want to do is you want to have everything go in one go. And it's really hard to just like pull out a grab bar out of tile, put it somewhere else, and then make that other tile look pretty. Very, I mean, you know, it depends. But anyway, the point is, is that every year they change it and they make it so that it, it really fucks with you and it costs a lot of money because they do all this ticky tack nonsense. So my question to you is how hard is it to implement this change at the manufacturing level? And is it actually going to bug people? Is it going to bug gun, gun owners? Um, I can, uh, I can, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but, uh, cadaver eater, he's just, he's of the mindset that the government has no responsibilities for um, placing any sort of bans or uh, the making of illegal any gun parts. I mean, he's had long conversations with me about the nuances with the, the way they um, look at uh, different like pistol grips Mm -hmm. and they, and they'll like say that these um, like these pistol grips for the short barrel ARs or a full-sized rifle and and that just creates all sorts of different um problems mm. for when it comes to owning these products and uh I, if i remember correctly one of the things that biden was originally pushing for or people under him at least they were wanting to put stamps on everything that were going to be hella expensive mm. So it's just, just really obnoxious yeah. inconvenience. Yeah, I don't think it would ever be anything like Australia's gun buyback. It would be a, <laughs> oh, a slow God. bleed of taxing the shit out of you and just making more and more of the parts that you have illegal to own, yeah. like like the bump stocks. Slowly uh, turning up the the boiling water, which yeah. it seems to be the American way these days. They've just completely taken the Russia's playbook. They've taken Russia's playbook and they're doing the, the, uh, who, who's the Russian guy? You know, the, the normalization guy. Oh, Yuri Benzimov. Yeah. Yuri Beznamov. Yuri Servo knows his name. Uh, Yuri Beznamov. Yeah. Something like that. Servo will correct me in the chat, hopefully. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that guy definitely. Understood the whole point of Bezmanov. See, we did get it right. Did get it right. Did you know you can make a slam fire shotgun with a couple pieces of pipe, a rod, 
a nail and some shotgun shells. Oh, you ever heard of a potato cannon? (laughs) 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 That's what we should do in Nashville. We should build a potato cannon (gasps) or... You know yeah, what? Yeah, let's do it. I have a better idea. T-shirt cannon at the roller rink. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we could shoot it from the from where we're doing the show. So we'll just sit at the table doing the show, and then we'll shoot T-shirts at people. <laughs> Bezmanov. Bezmanov. Yes, thank you, Billy Steve. In service. Yeah. Corrected all across the board. Yes. Uh, so this, uh, the, you do have the uh, the two choices. Choices are good. Choices are nice. We appreciate choices here at Behind the Schemes. The ATF will allow you to forfeit the force reset triggers, or um, they can take them by force. Um, if you end up giving them over, the company, I guess, has more of a legal standing to sue over the confiscation. confiscation but the ATF can still threaten to file criminal charges against the company owner for violating the NFA. Okay. And of course, uh, you, you kind of course, say, it's a big part of this is how much the ATF is willing to enforce or what they can enforce. Uh, as far as I'm aware, they're a bunch of uh, power mad uh, manginas. They're they're notorious. The ATF is quite notorious. And for anyone who doesn't know, that is uh, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms yep. Agency because of those the three, those, three, those three things are like peanut butter, Nutella, and and uh, marshmallow cream. It's honey bunny and money, dude. It's fucking. It's creme de la creme. It's uh, you know. What did Bully Steed say earlier? Pretty face, big big boobs, and nice legs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I got I got one more clip. This comes from a different person, uh, kind of covering the same leaked email. But he sort of he he lays out the um, what did he lay out? Uh, how it works with the ATF labeling everything that they don't like a machine gun. And guess, guess what? They're going to be coming knocking for him. So what they're doing, basically, is, if, again, if you've been following this case, the ATF considers these triggers to be machine guns themselves and anybody in possession of them to be in possession of, of a machine gun, which is a felony for folks that don't know and is punishable by more than 10 years in prison for each one. So they're saying that you are a felon in possession of a machine gun, even though these triggers absolutely 100% do not meet the definition of a machine gun, according to the ATF's own definition, and they have not been able to prove in court that they do. There is an ongoing court case, and they have not been able to prove it to date, and they won't be able to. Um, But what they're doing is going in and taking machine guns, quote-unquote, from people. So they're saying even if they refuse to give it up, then... We're going to take it by force. So armed men from the government are going to come take your property by force, even though it's completely legal. They're a bunch of cowboys, man. They're looking for a fight, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, quite literally, if you're going to go fight with arms manufacturers, you know, that's, uh, that's, quite, a, that's quite a fight to pick. Yep. But uh, if, <laughs> I know Waco is kind of the easy one to beat up on, but 
goddamn. You know, that's a that's a <laughs> a perfect example to demonstrate their sheer power. No doubt. Uh, how about another screen mail here? Please do. Yeah, I like doing hard. Doing hard. I like being hard. Oh, so rewarding. <laughs> oh. Ooh, I think we have a wiener. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Nice. Very, very nice. Yes. Well, thank you, Collar. If, uh, if you want to, uh, you want to get hard like that color you can you can always call us at 612-263-7999 i mean like playing those scream mails here live on the air without uh mm-hmm. without any pre-listening to them so we we have no idea what's going to happen ever yeah we don't ever screen anything uh which uh i'm sure it will work out in the end yes oh you know what we also had a text message come in um i don't remember uh, who this is, so we'll keep them anonymous, but they say K-pop, in parentheses BTS, was created by the IMF to fix South Korea's exportable balance of payments. It really happened this way. Fraud and NWOBS. I'll call this in if I can. It came in uh, Tuesday at 8.30. Mmm. Mmm. We'll call it in. Yes. Please do. With the text, I suppose. We look forward to it. Uh, did you have um, anything else on your plate for tonight? Uh, I think, no, I, I think don't that, believe so. I think that wraps everything that I had. Covered it all. I I think so for me as well. I think uh, I think it's been a fun week and a fun month, fun year so far. No doubt. We're going to go into February with guns blazing. <laughs> pew pew. Let's start Guns a Blazing next week, Monday, 730, 930, 1030 Eastern. That's at the night. It's one of those late night shows. Yeah, we tend to be one of those late night shows sometimes, but uh, sometimes we're one of those early morning shows, too. Rise and shine. Ooh, that could be another one of our moonshine labels. Oh, yeah. Ooh, with like a little bit of like orange in there or some shit. Mmm. That sounds good. Nice. Nice. Gotta write that down. (laughs) That's why I drink orange shine. (laughs) Orange (laughs) and shine. (laughs) Man, someday I hope in the afterlife Charles Manson will be there to hypnotize me into a stupor drunk. On Orange Shine, and until that time, I have been Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And grooving to the grave, I have been all the way over here on the Breath Coast, and my name is Lavish. This show is behind the shem shemas, schemes. Behind the schemes with threes as ease. That is a snaky, sick scheme going on right there. Schemes after schemes is what it is. That's where I'm all in. Like, yeah, sure, the reptiles. Hello. 
That's how they live so long. They don't sweat. They don't all kinds of weird shit. They don't sweat. I might not be on. So holla at the boy. Love is lit. Let's do this shit. I got God on my side. Don't I, people? Absolutely. I sure do. Let me lead you. This is Behind the Schemes. The esoterica of your dreams. (laughs) 